0: Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So, why not battle back by finding our joy? I like to boogie. I don't know about you. When I'm really in a happy mood, I love to dance. So, my next guest, if you like to dance, is going to be right up your alley. Sophia, she's an alumni of Marymount Manhattan College with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Dance. Sophia was inspired to start this company, The Dancer Movement, through her desire for dance and her belief that everyone can and should have the opportunity to experience the art of dance. So she runs this company, The Dancer Movement, for us, for us Spoonies. And so I'm so excited to talk to her today. Welcome, Sophia. Thank you, Edie. I'm so excited to be here. So Sophia, tell us about um, the Dancer Movement. What is this all about?
1: Absolutely. So the Dancer Movement is a company. And we provide dance classes for people with disabilities. So we have a bunch of different classes that range in all different styles of dance. They're open to anybody with any type of disability. Right now we do a lot of them on Zoom We are planning a few in-person classes coming up in the fall in October, which I'm really excited about.
0: How does this work on Zoom? I actually just started doing yoga on Zoom, and I think it's amazing. Mine is a one-on-one experience. Tell us a little bit more about how the Zoom works with dance.
1: Yeah, it's been really interesting, and I actually started this company during COVID. So I wasn't ever adjusting from being in person. I just started on Zoom. So I design the classes. They're typically 45 minutes on Zoom. We have all of our participants answer like a brief questionnaire, just kind of giving us a rundown on what they feel their strengths are and their weaknesses are. So I have a brief idea of who will be in class. But then I just provide a lot of modifications. I usually go based more on what the feeling of the movement is versus what it actually is like, quote, supposed to look like in dance. So that they can take that feeling and essentially do it however their body needs. It's so fun to watch on a Zoom screen, actually, because everyone's in their little boxes and everyone's doing it like in their own way. And it's, it's so fun.
0: And what kind of dance are you guys doing? Is it like, is it ballet, jazz? Is it modern dance? What is the movement all about?
1: In college, I trained mostly in classical techniques. So ballet and classical modern. So that's what I am teaching right now. We have ballet and modern classes. I find that most people want to take ballet classes, actually.
0: I mean, you're just doing lots of repeated movements, right? So I took dance from the age of three to 13, and my family moved and we couldn't find a place for me to go. And then I ended up not continuing, which I totally regret. But it was the most amazing experience. I felt like so accomplished when I left class every week, and I really made good, great connections with the people around me because we're all trying to get better and improve and help each other, right? So I'm going to use some terms now that I haven't used in decades because I'm old fart. But um, like rond de jambe, right? You're just continuing the motion over and over for the increase muscle movement, memory stuff, right? Talk to us about that a little bit and how that all works because we're all coming in at different stages of understanding.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And ballet is so much repetition. And I don't think people realize it when they come to classes back to back, like the exercises themselves are all different, but the pattern of the class is always the same. You know what I mean? You start with plies, then you do tendus and so and so. So I think that's actually kind of nice for people. You can kind of like gauge your sense of accomplishment. Like you said, like, I remember how plies felt three weeks ago when I was doing this class. And now I know how they feel. And then also at the same time, like it's an art form. So it gets to be different every time. And that's what I really like to tell people. Like your the plie that you do today is going to feel so different from the plie that you do at the end of this 45 minute class. And I just think it's a fun way for us to have a mindful connection with our body, which I think is so important too to really notice like Wow when I do this move on Sunday mornings that feels different than when I do this move on a Wednesday night it's just it's just good for us to know and it's fun to to kind of play with
0: so I'd imagine that it really helps people with their spasticity too if they have that as an issue I know sometimes when I stand up it takes me a few minutes to like get my bearings and really you know, get up there straight. And so have you heard that from um, your clients? Are there, is there movement improving? Yeah, for sure. I've had a lot of people say movement improving
1: and a lot of people with chronic pain say it um, like the pain is less. I think, you know, it's just 45 minutes where you get to move your body in a way that your body wants to move that day, which is really important. Noticing like, okay, you know, I have some people that will stand for a full 45 minute class some days and do the whole class with their legs. And then the next week they do the same exact class and they sit the whole time, but there's still no, they're, they're taking a moment to say, okay, today my body's not going to stand and that's okay. So I'll do a rond de jambe with my arm and I'll see how that feels. But yeah, definitely pain and mobility have improved for a lot of clients.
0: You know, that's pretty darn awesome. I loved also that you can modify it to what you need on that day because, you know, Tuesday I wake up and I'm not feeling great. So I love that idea. And you have probably a whole bunch of different ability levels in the same room so that you can see a different model of what other people are doing. Am I on the right track?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And our classes right now, we haven't really broken them up in any way other than by style. So like if you want to take ballet, it's for any any disability, all in the same ballet class on Zoom, which is like, I just think it's so fun. I think ballet needs to have more different bodies in the space. It makes it more fun
0: to watch and do. Absolutely. So ballet to me too is really, like you said, getting in tune with your body. So when I took ballet, <laughs> the the <laughs> the teacher would always come over to me and say, tuck your butt in, right? And so I thought that meant to squeeze my ass cheeks. So I'm squeezing my ass cheeks, right? And she meant that I needed to stand up straighter and tuck my tailbone in a little when I'm standing up. And I didn't get that for a long time. But once you do that and you feel your body making that movement just to help correct your posture, it makes a world of difference world of difference. I
1: was doing that exact same thing for 15 years in my ballet classes. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not alone. I had, you know, nice, tough thighs and a nice, tough butt for my, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Well, it's such a mind muscle thing. And I try to use like so much imagery to like, kind of the same thing as what you're saying. Like, you know, if you, if you lift your arm or you lift your leg, we constantly lift from like our front muscles. And if you think like, okay, instead of just lifting my arm up, I'm going to reach down and out. You're like almost using underneath muscles. So like even just taking time to do the same move and notice how you can do it from muscles you don't use. Like we don't ever like put conscious attention on like our back muscles. You know what I mean? They do so much for us, but we don't think like, okay, I'm going to stand up from my back today. And so just like, Using that imagery to explore, like doing the same move, it might not look different if I do it one way and then the other way, but I can feel the attention put in different
0: muscles and moving them in different ways. So, when I was taking dance again, I was a small child, but I was super flexible because we did a lot of stretching. Do you do that type of warm up activity also to improve your flexibility?
1: I try to always start with like a nice warm up that's um, kind of a lot of breath work, almost something along the lines of yoga, just to take that moment. You know, I don't, you don't ever want somebody jumping into it, you know, give them a moment to notice their body to say, okay, should I start seated? Should I start standing today? What do I think I'm feeling? And then I usually do a nice like actual muscle stretch, like halfway through the class, actually. So once we're warm, and then like before we do a little bit more stretching out, you know, arms, legs, whatever you're using
0: most of that day. So yeah, definitely, definitely a lot of stretching too. I would imagine improves your balance as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Balance is a huge thing. It's so interesting because I do mostly ballet, which you, we do at like a ballet bar. I mean, right now it's everyone's kitchen counter, but you do uh, it holding on to something, and it's it's really fun to watch the participants like explore. Like some days they'll hold with two hands the whole time, and other days they'll play with it a little bit. They'll let go. They'll do it with one hand. We do a lot of exercises where we practice like shifting our weight nice and slow. So using the bar to like support us to know it's there, that we're not going to fall over, but then using that to like play a little bit. Can I lift one foot off the ground at a time or
0: shift my weight in my chair? So yeah, balance is a huge thing. So that brings up another question for me in ballet, right, you're using that bar. If I am at my house on Zoom, do I need any equipment to do this class?
1: You don't. I was in a studio for a while and New York is so weird. And then the studio I was using was under construction. So I'm in the same boat as everyone. I'm teaching from my small New York City apartment on Saturday mornings. You don't need anything you I would suggest having something to hold on to like a kitchen counter or the back of a chair and then just something to sit down in if you're somebody that wants to sit. Having a chair nearby, a lot of people jump back and forth, so they'll stand for some and sit for others. So just having that there, we do
0: it in our socks and sometimes our pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'd be me, like yoga pants or pajamas or something like that. And my hair is up, and then yeah, I'm just doing this to help improve myself. Coffee cup nearby, like it's all it's all there. (laughs) That's great. That's great. So on Tuesday, I actually interviewed a woman. Her name's Alex, and she was in a wheelchair and she is now on point shoes now i'm sure everyone's goals are very different and we look at our individual selves but do you do anything like that with goal setting or just to you know figure out where people want what people want to achieve so going back to the
1: part uh, the questionnaire i have people fill out before class i have them fill it out before their first class with me and the last question on there is something along the lines of, not why are you doing this, but what, what do you want to get from this program? So a set, most people write down a goal usually with that question, then to, to watch those participants in class and come back week after week. And you can tell that, they're, that that's like their goal. That's the first thing they wrote down before they took a class. And that's in the back of their mind the whole time.
0: So not everybody loves yoga. Not everybody likes to do powerlifting at the gym or walk or whatever the exercise is. And this is just another avenue that people can explore to get to learn their bodies a little bit better and provide that motion in their life. So, Sophia, thank you so much for being here with me today. I want you to tell everybody how they can find the dancer movement if they want to eventually do it in person or possibly on Zoom. How can they locate you? Absolutely.
1: So, we have Instagram and Facebook. Both of those handles are going to be at the dancer movement. Okay. And then our website is thedancermovement.com. All of our classes and everything is listed on there. You can sign up right on the website. And there's a contact sheet. You can email us if you have questions on the website as well.
0: All right. Easy enough. The dancer again, Sophia, thank you so much for joining us today for our short little segment on thriving over surviving. I appreciate you helping us all to thrive. Thank you so much, Evie. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the thriving over surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving Podcast. Keep thriving.